Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, let me ask you to take your Bibles and go with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We begin a whole new series today called Louder Than Words. And in this series, we're going to look at some passages in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus says, you've heard it said this, but I say to you this. Now, uh, let me give you a kind of caveat for today. We're going to talk about the seventh commandment uh, of the Old Testament that, that God gave to Moses. And that is, thou shalt not covet or commit adultery. I'm sorry, I'm, I got lost there for a second. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And so I just want you to know up front, we're going to tackle this issue. We're going to tackle it in, in looking at the words of Jesus and how that plays out. But we're also going to look at it, how our world sees things today. So several years ago, the world or the Christian world was rocked by some research. Uh, Barner Research Group is a group that, that uh, is significant. They do a lot of research. They're nationally known. And several years ago, they came out with some research on on addiction and pornography and I want to share those with you so you get an understanding that when we talk about this issue this issue is something that affects us uh, all in many ways so let's look at some statistics so it was in two, 2016 and they haven't revised it I checked this week to see if they revised it uh, people watched 4.6 billion hours of pornography on just one website 4.6 billion and that was just one of them. Uh, now, I don't know what the website is, but wouldn't give it to you if I knew and don't want to know. But 4.6 billion hours in one year on one website. Uh, at the age of 11, the average child has already been ex uh, exposed to ex explicit pornography content through the internet. So here's what I want to ask. If you have a child that's 11 or younger, or a grandchild 11 or younger, would you raise your hand? Now, look around the room. Now, keep your hands up. Look around the room. Think about that statistic. They've already been exposed. And you go, not in my house. Doesn't have to be your house. It can be on school grounds. It could be anywhere. Uh, it can be, you know, we, we carry these devices. People carry these devices. They, they could have washed it on somebody else's device. The reality is it's affecting families. Here's a, another statistic for you. 93% of boys and 62% of girls are exposed to the internet-based pornography during their adolescent years. So don't think it's just a, a guy problem. It's a girl problem. It's a problem for both genders and it's a problem for both groups. Notice what this statistic, 22% of the vast quantities of porn consumed by people under the age of eight, uh, under the age of 18, is consumed by those aged 10 or what, church? Less. 10 or less. 10 or less. It, it's a problem. It continues to be a problem. 46% uh, of men admit to seeking seeking out porn at least once per month. Once per month. 33% of women age 25 and under go searching for porn at least once a month. 
And then here's the thing that, that just gets me. 80 percent of porn users feel no sense of guilt when they're using porn. In other words, we're living in a society that says it's okay. It's fine. It's now a part of our culture. And that's, that's the world we live in. Now, don't misunderstand me. I don't want to lessen the issue here, but we've been dealing with this issue long before you and I. Jesus dealt with this issue. In fact, today we'll see when he addresses the Pharisees and the Sadducees and those who were listening that day in his sermon, when he says, you shall not commit adultery. But let's, let's understand the, the culture that they were living in. They were living in a Roman culture. Rome was in control. And Roman culture had this understanding that sexuality was okay. In fact, if you were going to be a good Roman man, you'd be strong on the battlefield and in the bedroom. And the bedroom didn't have to be just women. In fact, they had an issue much like we have today. They, they would see boys and men and because of their view of women and lesser, they would see that love with them was more intellectually satisfying because they were on the same page. Rome had a, had a view of women that they were, they were weak. They were, they were something to, to have for a little while and then move on. And so listen, our culture is not the first to deal with it. And just as in that culture, Jesus is calling Christians to live up and have an understanding of what sexuality looks like and a moral ethics with that, so it is today. In our culture, that's what needs to happen. And as Jesus tells us in his Sermon on the Mount what that looks like, I want us to unpack that for a few minutes this morning. And then I want to unpack some things that would help us in dealing with that. So if you have your Bibles and you're at uh, Matthew chapter 5, would you stand as we read God's Word? Verse 27. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one part of your body than the whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better to lose one part of the your body than the whole body to go into hell. Let's pray together. Father, today we just ask for you to speak clearly. And Father, that we would be people who love, show grace, forgiveness, and help to those who are in need. But we also pray that, Father, you convict us in areas that we need to be convicted. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. 
Jesus is here at this moment and he he's having a conversation and he's preaching the message the only message we have in scripture and he talks about uh, some of the commandments and here's your big idea today adultery is a deed and a desire Jesus calls believers to a life of purity to a life of purity this moment Jesus knows the culture that he knows who he's dealing with he sees it he knows their heart and he knows our heart he knows where we will be he knows what needs to happen and so he begins by reminding them you've heard it said don't commit adultery in fact in our culture we could say don't commit adultery and people will go you know I, I love my wife I love my husband I'm I'm fully committed to them but then Jesus comes to this moment and he's he he doesn't just say don't commit adultery but then he goes on and and clarifies it but we don't always like the clarifying act do we it, it's like going to a restaurant and your child is older than the kids menu suggests and you still order them a kid's meal and you hope that they don't look at you and go, now how old is your child? If they don't ask, we, we're not going to tell them, right? And so Jesus wants to make sure, let me just clarify so you understand what happens here. That adultery isn't just something done by deeds, it's also done by desire. Now, Jesus is not saying that the, the deed and the desire are equal in our world, but it is spiritually equal. It is one of those moments that he says, if you're, if you're thinking, you might as well be doing, and neither are good. So let me give you some things that happen when adultery takes place. First thing I want you to see is it, it is explored in your heart. It begins in the heart. It's one of those things that you begin in your heart to internalize and begin to process and think about. It's one of those things you, you start asking questions. I wonder what if. I wonder what it's like. I wonder if I could. You, you begin to have all those moments of thought going through your mind. And you remind yourself that, that there's nothing wrong with the thought. Because you've not acted upon it. But it begins there. And it begins in our heart. And it begins to, to, to work on us. It's one of those things we begin to think about, see. And, and then all of a sudden before long we, we linger longer than we need to. With someone or some, or some place when nobody else is around. It all is explored in the heart. It's a heart issue it's a hard issue as Jesus says in those verses that's where it begins the second thing I want you to catch from the text is it's expanded with your eyes expanded with your eyes it's one of those moments you start looking now when you look there's this this moment that Jesus says if you've looked lustfully now what he means by that is not a, a glance. I mean, we've all had a glance and turned and went, oh, don't need to look that way anymore. Need to, need to turn my attention over here. It's, it's not a glance. It's 
more of a look and then a stare. A look and then a stare and something that you keep going back to. It's like, it's like watching television and you flip to a channel and something there you shouldn't watch and, and you slow down when you're, you just can't find anything at the TV and you keep running through the channels and you slow down every time you get to that channel because you want to look longer. It's an expanded with your eyes because your eyes begin to continue to, to look and be continue to, to stare. And in those relationships, what happens is you begin to look at a person that you work with differently. You begin to see people differently. And all of a sudden, those eyes have, have now changed because what's in the heart, that those eyes begin to stay longer in conversations, smile bigger. All those things happen. And, and, and let's, let, let me under, let's understand this. Realize Jesus is not talking just to lost people in this text. There are people with him who are, who are God followers who recognize who God is. And in our culture, this, these issues and these statistics aren't just from people who don't know Jesus. They're from people who confess Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Because here's the thing, we know that the divorce rate among lost people is the same among those who claim Christ as their Savior. There's no difference. Which means those who claim Christ as their Savior are living in a world thinking through things that Christ has called us not to think through. And it all happens in the heart and then it begins with our eyes. And thirdly, Jesus mentions in the text is expressed with your hands. It's expressed with your hands. Well, what happens is the sin that lives inside us, the sin that we deal with, comes out of our heart, we see it in our eyes, and all of a sudden, we've got to express it. And we, we come to a moment and we go, I, I just can't help myself, or I, I just, I deserve this, I want to be happy, and all of a sudden, those thoughts begin to take over, and we miss it. I was trying to think through how to help make this illustration work, and the best I could come up with was this video. You, watch this video. Okay, sit in that chair. All right, here's the deal. Marshmallow, for you. You can either wait, and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you another, so then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? All right. I'm gonna go do something and then I'll come back. It's yummy, yummy.
back. Stay in the chair, okay? Okay. thing is that's what it's like when we face temptation there's this thing, thing in front of us that we that we want and, and, and I thought it was funny you know, one little girl doesn't wait for her to get out she just starts eating it you know another little girl uh, in the thing, she, she ate it. If you notice, she ate it like an apple core. She went all the way around and left the top and the middle. She, you know, maybe, maybe she won't know. Maybe nobody will see. But how many of them were picking it up and getting closer than they should have? That's what happens. That, that, that's what happens when, when our hearts have this moment, this, this lustfulness, this adultery in our hearts. We, we begin to think we can do this and we'll be okay. No one will notice if we eat part of the marshmallow or we, we step around and do this. And so here's three things we need to do. First thing is we need to recognize the seriousness of the issue. The seriousness of the issue. We've got to understand that in, in Jesus' day, it was a big deal. In our day, it's a big deal. We cannot come to a place in our marriages for the sake of our children, for the sake of the church, for the sake of the kingdom, not to take things serious. We can't turn our heads as parents and go, oh, I know my child. They would never do things like that. You know, we live in a world today where turn on your television. Watch a magazine article or stand, stand in the grocery store aisle with, the, with some of the things. And listen, there's this, there's this temptation because we now understand that 
the porn industry is one of the largest internet um, money makers there is. And there are all the time these ads and things that, that can look innocent and before long you've clicked through a few steps or your children have. We have to recognize the, the, the seriousness. Paul says this in Ephesians. He says, but sexual immorality and any impurity or greed should, what? Not even be heard among you. In other words, be aware and deal with it. Don't let anything happen. Come to this place where you realize what it is. He says this in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, flee sexual immorality. Flee. In other words, run. Every other sin a person commits is outside of the body. But the person who sexually immoral, who is sexually immoral, sins against his own body. Paul says, run, flee. Yet. Which leads me to the second thing. You need to remove the things that tempt you. You got to remove the things that tempt you. And I think about that for, for a moment. You know, for, for some it's one thing, for another it's another. But you've got to know what, what leads you down a path that could cause you to, to get in trouble. Think about the movies you watch. Oh, it's no big deal. Listen, Hollywood has destroyed our marriages. All right? You think of the best... You think of the best marriage movie you can think of. How many of, show of hands, how many of you is your marriage like a Hollywood movie? Nobody's raised their hands. Now, let me, let's take a sidebar. Let's come over here. All right, men, look at me. That would have been a great moment for you to raise your hand. Baby, our marriage is like a movie. It's as good as what they got there. Now, if she asks, don't tell her Monsters, Inc. Just say it's like a movie, okay? Now, let's come back. Movies have destroyed, because not ever, you know, Hallmark. Listen, I can promise you if you're not married, your, your life will not be like a Hallmark movie. Okay? So, yes, honey, our marriage is not like a Hallmark movie. So, I'm sorry, you married me, okay? Sorry, I had to handle that. But, but those types of things, understand that. Their shows. Um, a friend of mine years ago, he's a pastor. Uh, we were both in the same church and when God called us to ministry. Um, I, I, can remember, I can remember him telling me, Rusty told me, I can't listen to a certain genre of music. And I was like, what do you mean you can't listen to a certain genre of music? He says, it would take me back to my, my days when I wasn't following Christ. I was like, yeah, but those 80s rock songs are... He goes, I cannot go there because if I listen, mentally I go back to a place. So here's what you do. So here's, and this is what Rusty did. He didn't listen to them. No, no matter how much he loved some of those music, it put him in a, in a spot. So remove it. You got to think about... You got to take serious the things and remove it. Now, one of the fathers of the church is Origen. And there was rumor that Origen was a scholar, a theologian, has written several things. 
It was rumored years ago, or this is way back, that he castrated himself because of this text. Because he, he, he needed to be removed. Now, he argued that it didn't happen, but it, but it was one of those things that he never escaped. And what I want to say to you is, that's not what Jesus is trying to say here. Don't go home and take a fork to your eyeball, or don't take a chainsaw to your, to your hand. What Jesus is saying is, just be radical in the things you do. Think about it. You know, I've known friends who, who struggled with pornography, and when they traveled as businessmen, they would call the hotel and said, I need you to remove the internet cable and the cable from the back of the TV before I get to that room. Because they knew in a quiet room by themselves what they would do. And so when they made the hotel arrangement, they would just make those steps. And when they got to the room, wouldn't be an internet and wouldn't be, wouldn't be a cable TV. And you go, wow, that's crazy. Listen, what's crazy is to know what causes you to stumble and fall and not deal with it. And so the third thing I would tell you is replace lustfulness with purity. This can be done. This can be done at any moment for you to recognize that, that God is your shepherd, God is your guide, God is your help in trouble. Paul says this to Timothy. He says uh, in 2 Timothy, flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Flee from the sexual immorality and pursue the things of God. Now listen, that's not a, I'm going to make that commitment this morning. You've got to make that commitment every day. You have to come to a place in your life and realize that. Now let me say this. If you're here and, and these are struggles for you, I want you to know God loves you. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But John 3.17 says, For God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. It is through Christ that we find forgiveness. It is through Christ that we come to a place and can be rescued from our sins. We can't do it on our own. We can't, we can't do this without his help. It is Christ. So as a church, what do we do? Well, we come to a place and we realize that there are people who are hurting and we need to be people who help. We need to be people who, who don't look down but help up and encourage. I, mean, I gave you three resources there and I didn't bring them up here with me, but there are three resources I want to, I want to tell you. One is an app called Covenant Eyes. It's a great app. We, we use it as a family just to, to protect us all. It's, a, it's an app that you download on your, your, your mobile devices, iPad, phones, the whole kind of things. You use their web browser, or I think they've got it fixed where another web browser now. And it just monitors your, your internet activities. So every week, uh, we get a report uh, from each other, about each other. Pam gets a report where, where my internet's been in my office, on my iPad, on my phone. She gets that report. I got no problem letting her see what I, what I look at. And if she has a question, she can come and go, hey, can you tell me about this? 
Uh, so, I, you know, families, that's a, that's a beginning step. But listen, that doesn't mean their friends don't, that their friends have that, okay? But that's a beginning step. Then there are two books that I've listed there. Uh, both books, one's for men, one's for women, both deal with, with addictions. And I challenge you. So how do we wrap today? You, you came today going, oh, we're going to celebrate Jesus. Well, we are. Because Jesus is the one who we need. Jesus is the one who rescues us from this life. So if you're here this morning and you need Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to challenge you to come. Know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior because he sent his one and only son. It's a free gift for you and me. That whosoever believes, meaning if you trust in Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you say, I believe that he died on a cross for me and raised again, then you can have eternal life. He doesn't say, when you get your act together, when you clean up all your filthy habits, when you get this done, then you come to me. He's not like your mother who says, stop, take off those dirty clothes before you come into the house. He says, come on running in. I, I want you just as you are. I love you. So if you're here this morning, you don't know Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, we invite you to do that. If you're here this morning, you're looking for a church home. We invite you to come. But then last thing, you're here this morning and maybe you just, this topic has overwhelmed you. Not that you're struggling with, with uh, adultery, but you're just overwhelmed thinking about your children or your grandchildren or all those types of things. Here's what I want to challenge you. Come to the altar and pray for them. Grandparents, come to the altar and pray for your grandchildren. You don't have to kneel. You can stand. Parents, come together as a couple and pray for your children. Listen, they need you to share the love of Christ with them. They need you to set the example. They need you to talk about this. They don't need to hear it from the playground or on the school bus. They need you. So maybe you come this morning and you just pray. And you lift them up to God. And you ask God for wisdom. Would you stand with me this morning?